Welcome to Lighting Your Way, a podcast featuring exciting, hilarious, heartbreaking, terrifying, and joyful stories of real nurse advocates helping real patients get the best health care. Hi, I'm Nurse Betty Long. Each week, I and one of my nurse colleagues at Guardian Nurses will take you behind the curtain to help you better navigate the healthcare system when you or a loved one is sick or injured. Today, we sit down with nurse advocate Beth Logan, who shares a compelling story about the importance of listening to your body. Beth Logan, welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. Thank you uh, for making time to get in on all the fun. I am looking forward to our conversation and, of course, hearing your story. So what story will you be sharing today? Well, before I get started, Betty, I just want to take a minute to thank you for the opportunity. I'm very excited to be here today um, and for the chance to be able to talk on your podcast. Um, I'm going to share a story today of a patient who underwent abdominal surgery back in December of last year and whose recovery was going really smoothly until last month. That's when he started to feel some fullness in his abdomen, you know, a little discomfort here and there, but he figured it was just because of the surgery. Uh, what happened after that is the important part and why I want to encourage people who are listening to pay attention to their bodies. Well, okay then. Nice job of teeing up your story, Beth. Thank you. Good work. Uh, yeah. How many times have we heard from our family and friends and yes, even patients that they thought, ah, that pain's just from working out too much or I don't need to see a doctor. It's not that bad. So before you start in on, our, on your story, uh, tell us how long you've been a nurse and what brought you to Guardian Nurses. Okay, so let me see now. I have been a nurse for about 15 years. And when I was growing up, I always enjoyed working with people, helping them through their life challenges. I got into nursing initially because I always found myself trying to help everybody I came into contact with. <laughs> um, throughout my life, I've always been told by my friends and family that I thrive in chaos. So, you know, when it came time to decide what I want to do with my life, naturally, it only seemed fitting to go into nursing. <laughs> no wonder you're uh, the ER, right? Right. So in nursing, you know, their possibilities are endless and there's really never a boring day. So I'd like to think that not many people can say that about their jobs. Yeah. So as a newly graduated nurse, did you go right into the emergency room? Yes. Um, I took the plunge. I worked as a new grad ER nurse for my first few years. I then transitioned into trauma nursing, you know, to get more of that chaos and then moved into management. Um, it is very true what they say. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, in the ER, the pace is really fast. You're forced to think quickly on your feet and you get to meet some really incredible patients. Uh, one of the greatest things, in my opinion, about nursing is the incredible bond that you form with your coworkers. And I've found that bond in every nursing job that I've had. My ER years have definitely paved the way to where I am today. Well, clearly you, are, you were enjoying what you were doing. So, so what attracted you to the nurse advocate role at Guardian Nurses? Well, after working in the ER for 15 years as both a staff nurse and a manager, I wanted something even more rewarding. And in the ER, you only see people briefly at their worst usually. And before you know it, they've moved on to the next step and you lose track of what happens to them as they move through the healthcare system. There isn't really any finality to the work that is done in the ER most of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, and I would always find myself thinking about my patients and wondering how they were and if they still needed help. And this role, working as a nurse advocate, has really been refreshing and hands down the most rewarding. It is exactly what I was ready for, Betty. 
Um, I've always been a bit of a bleeding heart, um, <laughs> as you know, but this role has really allowed me to help people limitlessly to ensure they're safe in our crazy healthcare system. Well, Beth, we are glad to have you on our team. And you have made the transition from uh, ER manager and chaos uh, to nurse advocate and maybe sometimes chaos uh, quite easily. And you're doing some wonderful work for our clients and patients. I know we're keeping you busy. So this podcast is called Lighting Your Way because in the spirit of Florence Nightingale, the lady with the lamp, the mother of modern nursing, we want our nurse advocates like you to light the way for our listeners to empower our listeners to become more educated consumers and better advocates for themselves when they're needing health care. So are you ready to go? Let's do it. I'm ready to go. Okay, me too. All right, the floor is yours. Okay, so I was working with a young guy who back in the fall had been diagnosed with cancer. Um, it turned out, you know, this obviously turned his wor world upside down, as you would expect, Hearing that you have cancer is never an easy thing to swallow, but he did take it in stride and was like, let's tackle anything that came his way. Uh, prior to meeting him, he had already gone to a few different oncologists to get different opinions as to the best treatment for his type of cancer. And he finally made the difficult decision to have surgery. You know, given the circumstances surrounding his case and diagnosis, this was a really big decision. This surgery could ultimately save his life, um, but it also could come with some complications. So the plan was following surgery. Once he was all healed, he was gonna tackle chemotherapy. Sound like there's a butt coming? Well, no, no, he had surgery, but it didn't take place till a few months later in December. Mm -hmm. um, he did really well post-op. The surgeon was pleased with how the surgery went. He felt like he had gotten all of the cancer out of my patient. As for my patient, you know, post-op day one, he was up walking around the nursing unit, driving all the nursing staff crazy. His <laughs> spirits were good. He had very little complaints of pain. He really was doing pretty well overall. So you know how hospitals are. Home he went. Yeah. He was discharged to home a few days later, and his wife was his primary caregiver for what little care he actually needed, which honestly was not much at all. So it sounds like he didn't need any home care, or any physical therapy at home. Nope, he was good. None of that was needed. Um, but a lot in a lot of surgical cases, I often suggest to patients and families that if they're nervous about going home, and particularly if they're nervous about the patient's safety, they should ask their bedside nurse. Ask them what additional support is available. The bedside nurse can then ask the case manager to get involved and set up any post-discharge care needs. The last thing anyone wants is for a patient to have have to come back to the hospital and get readmitted because their discharge plan wasn't appropriate or safe. So that's why I always encourage my patients not to be shy. If you're nervous, make sure you talk with your physician or nurse before they hand you those discharge papers. Absolutely. But, but in this case, your patient was good to go. Yeah. In this case, the surgeon said my patient was a healthy guy before all this, and that really helped him in the post-op phase. I accompanied him to a couple of his post-op visits with the surgeon to make sure that all of his questions were being addressed and that he felt like he had a good game plan. We discussed incisions, normal aches and pains, what to be on the lookout for. You know, after all, it is expected to have some pain after a major surgery. Sure. But, but I guess part of the problem here was that he didn't know what normal aches and pains might be, right? After all, when you have your abdomen cut open, you must assume that you'll have some pain. So true. Yeah. And then last month, he began to report to me that he was feeling discomfort in his belly it was different to him and he couldn't quite put his finger on it, but it just felt like a different type of pain. But since he had just had surgery, 
even if it was two months ago, <laughs> he figured this was just normal and part of the healing process. So tell me a little bit about like, was he not able to do certain things as a result of that pain or what made, what made him suspicious? Well, during our check-ins, he would mention the discomfort and how he really thought things would be a lot easier for him by this point. He really didn't want to call the doctor and was getting really anxious, wondering what this discomfort may be. I reminded him of one of my favorite sayings, nothing changes if nothing changes. So it was at that point, he actually started to develop a fever. Um, after days of urging him to reach out to a surgeon, he reluctantly agreed finally to call the office on a Saturday, nonetheless. <laughs> um, you know, he said to me, okay, I'll call, but I'll probably hear back from the office in a few days and not even get to talk to the doctor. I like that. Uh, nothing changes if nothing changes. That's a good, uh, it's a good saying, Beth. So why do you think uh, he was so reluctant to call? And right. Why? Why? You know, I'm not really sure. The irony of it all, Betty, is that after he finally did call, only 15 minutes later, his phone rang and it was the surgeon, not the <laughs> office staff. So, uh -huh. you know, the surgeon was concerned. He wanted to know what was going on. I will tell you from my experience, surgeons especially are very territorial of their patients and the work that they've done. And this was definitely no exception. Um, the surgeon was concerned enough after taking time to speak with my patient that he needed some further imaging. And that imaging revealed an infection that needed to be treated immediately. Oh, uh, okay, good. So the moral of the story is this, you know, trust your gut. Your doctors are there for a reason. Call them, keep them in the loop if something doesn't feel right. We trust them as doctors for a reason. In this case, if the infection continued without being addressed, the patient could have ended up back in the hospital or who knows, even worse. Right. If, you know, in my opinion, Betty, if your doctor doesn't want to hear from you, it's time to get a new doctor. <laughs> I agree with that. You will not find me arguing that point. Uh, I'm really glad that you encouraged him to call his physician, even if it was a Saturday. Uh, so many patients still say that they don't want to bother the doctor. I always get a kick out of that, right? So sometimes I'll ask them or tell them, right? If your doctor was struggling with what you're struggling with, bet me he or she would be calling their doctor. <laughs> yes. You know, he's lucky. His doctor was great. Told him he was glad he called. That's why he's here. Made him feel really at ease about calling in the future. In the end, all was well. Um, as an aside, the patient did admit to me that this whole journey through the healthcare system has been a huge learning opportunity for him. Before any of this happened, he never had any reason to worry because he was a healthy guy. Now he realizes that he really does have the ability to impact his course, and he vows never to hesitate again, reaching out to his doctors. Yeah, isn't the old adage, he who hesitates is lost? That would certainly ring true for patients in our healthcare system. Um, Beth, prior to coming uh, to Guardian Nurses, as you mentioned, you worked for years in the ER. Did, did you often hear patients saying that they came to the ER because they didn't want to bother their doctor? Well, we would always hear, I waited for so long to come because I didn't want to bother you guys for something little. So they didn't want to bother you guys either. That's so considerate <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah, but possibly not very good for them. You know, when you wait, something little can turn into something big. And, you know, a lot of them would turn around then sheepishly and say by the time they did call their doctor, they were sent to the ER given what their symptoms were, which was appropriate because that's what an ER is for, emergencies. Right, right. It's spoken like a true ER nurse. <laughs> um, all right, Beth. So given the story you just shared, what one piece of advice would you like to give our listeners who might have someone they love who's recovering from surgery, or maybe it's themselves that are recovering from surgery? 
Hmm. Well, I would definitely encourage anyone who's recovering from any type of surgery to listen to their bodies. Your body is pretty amazing. And you know, it's, you know how it's supposed to feel, what feels normal, what doesn't feel normal. And certainly after having surgery, you're not always going to feel perfectly normal, but as your body recovers, you should start to feel like it's getting back to that normal place. In this patient's case, he knew well before he got a fever that things weren't feeling quite right, but he discounted those feelings. Fortunately, he did finally make that call to his doctor, so nothing bad happened. Good. And that's good advice, Beth. Listen to your body. And if I may add, do not be reluctant to call your doctor, whether it is a Saturday or the 4th of July or 2 in the morning. You will not be bothering them. There is always someone on call in a physician practice. Yes, I completely agree with that. Okay, one more question before we wrap it up. It's been a year since the COVID-19 pandemic shut down our world, as you know. So I want, to, I want you to answer this sentence. When the world opens up again, fully opens up, I will. Oh, gosh, I'm going to hug someone, hug a bunch of someone, <laughs> hug everyone in sight, Betty. I'm a born <laughs> hugger. This has been really hard for me. <laughs> well, that is a wonderful plan, Beth, and uh, many of us uh, agree with you. I think that that is a, a common uh, desire when all this is done. Uh, I look forward to that, too. So it's been a long time this year, or more than a year now. So I want to thank you for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for having me, Betty. I really enjoyed it as well. Okay, take care. I would like to give a shout out to our nursing colleague, Marianne Holt, who reminded us that second opinions are not just for decisions involving surgery. They are also critical when you are considering treatment options or even confirming a diagnosis. We'll address both situations in future episodes. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care. <laughs>